This is JFM Podcast. Corner of the world. We bring politics, oppressions right to your comfort zone, home and abroad. We keep you abreast of everything that relates to decision making and more. The solution is basically that those who are presently in government must listen. They must listen to citizens. They must listen to experts. There is no point in this arrogance. Join the impeccable duo of Ponsak Fanab and Obayemi Akiyode on Nigeria at Sunset. Mondays through Fridays, 5 to 6 p.m. on J101.9 FM. Hello there. A good, very good evening to you. Welcome to the program Nigeria at Sunset on J11.9 here in Jaws. My name is Ponsak Fanab. I am hoping you are having a very, very good... You had a good day. Or rather, you are having a good day and all is well. Okay. I know that that is uh, ideal. Uh, you know, problems helps us to uh, figure out our ways in life and, of course, help us to think creatively. Today is the 28th in the month of June 2021. It has been a good month. I hope for you and yours, uh, anything that happens for me, I always say that good can never overcome evil. I mean, that is the firm belief that I have. So any anything, worry, any concern that you have and you think about, just know that at the end of the day, you know, like we we'll always say that uh, there will be light at the end of the tunnel. So good will never overcome evil plateau state has had um I, i'm going to make you know say some things and for me it is completely uh not patronage it is you know a fact that i've observed have you observed how many uh organization professional organization that have come to plateau state and have their maybe AGM or like convention or a very important meeting. In the last four months, Plantu State has had lots of, you know, reputable organization in uh, coming to the state to have their own, whether it's a workshop, whether it's an AGM, whether it's convention, whatever it is. And for me, it goes to show that, look, people have chosen to live, you know, with each other, you know, with government support. And I want to, you know, it, it goes to show that Maybe there may be some things that uh, the DG of the Peace Building Agency, uh, Mr. Joseph Langmagen, is doing that uh, we don't know. But uh, whatever it is that he's doing, for me, what he's doing is right at this point in time. Because having people come into your city, uh, hotels have made money. Uh, even food vendors have made money. Uh, people who sell clothes, people who sell foodstuff have made you know uh, money. It is all about uh, creating peace, that atmosphere. And of course, even the executive governor of the state, you know, take it or leave it, Governor Simon Bakola along is your uh, governor. But the choice that you have is the whether to collaborate or confront, you know, him. But personally, you know, I choose collaboration doesn't mean that everything he says and do uh, and does, you know, is good. You know, he needs some uh, constructive criticism, 
for him to stand back, you know, and think and say, okay, uh, you know, this what this person has said is actually wrong. But collaboration means the look with his support, we can achieve more. So I want to uh, really applaud the great job that. Uh, uh, and I'm not saying that there's no crime and criminality, even Lagos. Lagos State is one of dangerous cities to live in, but, you know, you see people uh, yearly visiting there. Uh, so we want that, you know, to continue. And it is in this slide that uh, today I was just, uh, I would like to welcome the CG uh, of the uh, Federal Fire Service, that is Dr. Liman Ibrahim. He's in town, and they have a week-long uh, activity in fact, he's, you know, just a stone throw from uh, where we are. Uh, let me just read out the data that he put out uh, just this morning. He said that the uh, that's FFS, that is Federal Fire Service, said it, uh, it rescued 34 emergency and property worth 3.7 trillion naira in the period under review. That is just uh, uh, from last year. I said in the first quarter of 2021, that is this year, we received, that is the body received, I'm quoting in verbatim, 986 calls on fire outbreaks, rescued 34 emergencies, and saved 175 persons. And it said they've rescued uh, property worth 307, no, 3.7 billion, a trillion, I beg your pardon, across uh, the country. Uh, 11 persons died and property worth 9.5 billion were lost to fire outbreaks in the same uh, quarter. Uh, well, I just got to know just this morning that Federal Fire Service, you know, came into Plateau State, I think, two or three years ago. Uh, and for them to have their own, you know, convention, to have this very important meeting, it goes to show that, uh, well, we're lucky, you know, as a people, uh, because what we have is just the state fire service. But the federal fire service, I, in fact, learned that, you know, they have a big truck, you know, fire truck uh, in the state right now. One thing that I don't want to see it happen, uh, well, it happened that uh, the air market in Namu, in Kwampan, you know, imagine if there was, you know, uh, uh, federal fire service, you know, in Shandam, you know, covering the entire southern plateau. I mean, the damage wouldn't have been so uh, much. So, I mean, it's, it's something that for me, I'm, I'm very happy because I'm uh, one thing that, you know, I, I spent part of uh, some time, you know, last year researching and thinking about uh, about is disaster risk management. It's very important how we can reduce uh, and manage disaster. Well, that is that. Wish them well. And I want lots of people to come uh, to our state and spend their money so that because the more people come, the more money we have and it's going to go around. Well, lots of stories. Were for, I don't know even where to start, but the APC primaries in Plato State uh, well, so, someone uh, sent a teaser on uh, social media saying he has never seen a political party that will spend, you know, four to five days conducting primary election and it's still, you know, there's an impasse. It's still inconclusive, <laughs> you know, uh, as it is. But whatever it is, you know, my interest is uh, let the peace be maintained and let the party find appropriate means and channel to uh, entertain uh, people who are saying that, that feels short change, you know, by the way. Well, like I said, okay, uh, I have, uh, okay. Uh, the the story about regulation of social media is one conversation that I don't really want to get into because really for me, it's, it's, that is, is a double-edged sword. On the one hand, 
what is the measure of freedom of expression or democracy? Uh, should we allow a company owned by one individual that perhaps we don't know the interests of that individual, you know, our country, come to perhaps maybe sabotage our country? That is on the one hand. On the other hand, should we allow, you know, uh, should we gag that platform that is allowing people, you know, express themselves and feel that, look, their opinion really matter? You know, so it's a double-edged sword. That is why I say I'm, I'm, I'm very careful not to go into... Uh, you know, conversations like that. If you look at what Twitter uh, did, you know, to the Arab Spring and even the Egyptian revolution that Mohammed Morsi uh, was ousted at, uh, as Egyptian uh, president, you know, at the time. So is it really double-edged uh, sword? Look at, you know, the violence that, you know, Capitol Hill. People organize themselves via social media platforms. So it's very important that, you know, we very... We think about these things with concern and with the best interests of our country at heart. Uh, because, you know, allowing one company, one individual, I mean, uh, well, let me not make further comment. The national chairman of INEC, Professor Mahmoud uh, Yakubu, uh, today announced that there will be delineation of constituencies. So I have this insert from him. If you don't understand what delineation is, there are some constituencies, like state constituencies, that are large, like just south. I'm of the opinion that just south should be cut, you know, uh, split into two or three even. And even just north. Okay, just north has just northwest and it has just north north. Uh, and there's an argument that, you know, is two just two state constituencies in just north is small. Uh, and Basa, you know, so there are a lot of interest groups have brought proposal of, you know, how they want it to be and how they don't want it to be. But let's listen to what the national chairman of, you know, INEC. By the way, today, INEC has started continuous voter registration, CVR. My advice, I strongly recommend that try as much as possible, try your best to go and get and register if you, are, you just turned 18 or you misplaced, or you want, you know, your, you've moved, uh, you want to move, you know, your polling unit, and they've created additional uh, polling unit and voting point as well. So you can go to their website, you know, to find. It's not about saying, uh, you know, oh, we're tired of APC, we're tired of Buhari. It's what can you do, your civic responsibility as an individual, as a citizen, to make sure that your voice is being heard, and that voice is the constitutional means of voting, it's one of the strongest weapons that you have. I'm going to play this instead. I have a guest. When we come back, the program will continue, and I'll start the conversation with my guest. Stay here. There are two issues, um, Your Excellency, that have defied solution in the last 25 years. The first one is the conversion of uh, the creation of additional polling units. We have solved the problem. The second one is the issue of delimitation of constituencies. It hasn't been done in the last 25 years. And we thought um, in the spirit with which we worked to solve the problem of the polling units, uh, we can approach the National Assembly, the leadership of the Senate in particular, to see what we can do to address the problem. So the background is the issue of electoral constituencies. Nothing has been done since 1996. It's the same delimitation done by NECO. 
previous efforts have been unsuccessful. There were several resolutions passed by the National Assembly. They have not resolved the issues. And there are many court judgments in respect of state constituencies in particular that have not solved the problem. In fact, some of them have created more problems than they were intended to solve. I want to say, Your Excellency, that constitutionally speaking, the issue of delimitation of constituencies is a joint responsibility between INEC and the National Assembly. INEC cannot do it unilaterally, and the National Assembly cannot do it by resolution. So we are expected to work together to solve this problem, and I believe that if we work together, we can solve this problem. It is legally, politically, and practically complex. It's really very complex creation of constituencies. Uh, and this may explain why it hasn't been done in the last 25 years. There are three issues involved, Your Excellency. The first one is division of the country into constituencies. And this INEC has done in line with the provisions of the Constitution since 1996. Um, yeah, the Constitution says that INEC shall divide the states of the Federation into three senatorial districts. It has been done. Each state has three senatorial districts. And the FCT has one, making a total of 109 senators. The same constitution said that INEC shall divide the states of the Federation into 360 federal constituencies. That has been done by the Commission. Now, if there are issues, we have to go back then to the provisions of the constitution because the numbers are fixed in the constitution. We can revise. We can alter, we can create, we can reduce until, until the Constitution is amended. But Section 91 of the Constitution provides for the creation of state constituencies. It's problematic. It has a very complicated formula for the distribution of state constituencies that each state of the Federation shall have three or four times the number of its federal constituencies, subject to a minimum of 24 and a maximum of 40. So some states have three times the number of constituencies. Some have more than three times the number of constituencies. Some have the minimum of 24. Others um, have exceeded the minimum of 24. And some have the maximum of 40. So if you go by the multiplication formula, there are states where you cannot even... Um, apply the term three formula, like Lagos and Kanu, which was in 2004, specifically on 2nd June 2004, drawing the attention of the National Assembly to the issue of state constituencies and asking for the approval of the National Assembly to restore, if you like, some of the constituencies. 17 years later, the Commission is still waiting for the reply of the National Assembly. Well, glad you're still here. The program is Nigeria at Sunset. My name is Ponsak Fanab, and I'm glad that you've tuned in. Uh, the, um, this J101.9 here in Jones, the only station that gives you uh, authentic, timely, accurate information. Have you ever wondered, you know, maybe you um, stay alone, you live just alone, or you have a family of, say, 
uh, your wife and three or two kids. And every day, you know, your wife goes to the market and she comes back to say, um, you know, price of food price is, is going up. And then um, wages are still stagnant. I don't know about you, but most of people that I know who work to earn a living will always complain that, you know, they deserve a pay raise, but uh, they are not getting it because, you know, I, I, the state of the economy. So we have wages stagnated, you know, income, but food prices has gone up, you know. Someone was saying even wake, you know, wake is beans. He said even wake, you know, by like a, close to a thousand naira. I said, well, it's, it's, it's tough. So inflation is, is biting really hard. Hyperinflation, whatever you choose, you know. I have an expert, you know, to discuss this with me. I have uh, Mr. John Keller. Good, uh, good evening and thanks for coming. Good evening. Thank you for having me. Yeah, well, NBS, you know, seems to be um dealing with numbers and numbers mm-hmm. you know they said they are absolute they are dependable and they don't lie mm-hmm. you know and they reported that um 33 of nigerians are unemployed and now the question is the living cost of living has gone up food prices are surging and the federal government claimed that they are injecting money in billions or trillions of naira into the economy uh, to stimulate, you know, the economy. Yeah, the economy. As we speak, sir, the dollar, federal government through CBN has officially devaluated our naira against the dollars. And they are saying it's the best thing that they can do to protect, you know, the uh, naira. Right now, official price is 502. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, help us to understand, because for me, it's, it's like a puzzle. Stagnated income, High cost of living, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's like I, I can't wrap my mind, you know, around it. Well, thank you so much. And um, indeed, it is a very sorry situation for Nigeria. But I love the fact that um, you started this conversation earlier on by, you know, from the home front, looking at Plateau State, mm. um, looking at the number of people that have been to the state or coming for one program or the other. And um, as a matter of fact, you cannot rule out the issue of security when it comes to um, the economy, a growing economy or a struggling economy, because it is a sine qua non Mm. that um, you have a very solid security that um, uh, creates room for investments in any um, society. Um, Just that um, the government needs to do a little bit more. That is um, by looking at those pocket areas of attacks that we are still having on the plateau. I think if all those areas are cleared up, we can now say, yes, indeed, we are going to, you know, um, the states that um, Plateau State will go beyond Mm -hmm. other states. But when you look at it comparatively in view of the general, you know, saying of the economy, Mm -hmm. because when you are measuring up the economy, you uh, look at other variables and put together before you come up with um, whatever statistics that you could come up. Mm -hmm. Um, You're talking about um, people who, you know, have stagnated income. And indeed, um, you can better describe them as um, fixed income earners, um, because when you look at it um, some time ago, when the NLC and other unions were agitating for a pay rise in Nigeria. Mm. And I've always been of the opinion that um, pay rise actually may not be the best solution, you know, um, for, what is. Yeah, for, for, for us. But I look at it that when you solidify an economy with the little that you earn, looking at the prices of goods and services, then that can go a long way 
to um, reduce or ease the tension that we're having on ground. But it's very unfortunate, just like you took your time out to also make some investigations. I've been so curious, actually, in looking at why we're having the soaring prices of goods, you know, in the market. I took some time about two weeks ago. Mm. I've been making inquiries and also asking questions as to why. I've even been to the market myself to look at the variables. And, and, and it has gotten to a point that I'm beginning to look at the Nigerian economy, you know, like a free market economy. Looking at it in the sense that... Will you say it's a free market or is a regulated, you know, market economy? No, fr- free market economy. Because okay. in the free market economy, right, the consumers are allowed to determine their prices with no or little government effort, you know, in it. Because yeah, it depends on the forces of um, demand and, and supply. supply yeah. Because that is what they look at critically. And that's what is basically happening. Because you go to the markets today, you price a particular product for this rate. And you go tomorrow, just the next day. You, 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 you discover that there's an, there's an increase on it and continuously and it's rapidly affecting, you know, other supply chains. You know, it goes on and on and on. And, and that is where the concern is. And, and the people who now have the fixed income, they can tag it, right? And, and before you know it, it gets into, you know, a very serious inflation. You talk about the hyperinflation you mentioned earlier on, mm-hmm. or you can better describe it as a jumping inflation. Because in the normal inflation, the inflation moves, you know, steadily probably from one digit to the next to the next. But when you have the jumping inflation, right? Right it now, it's two-digit inflation. Yeah, you could shoot from this number, number one to number three number three to number five. So that's why they call it galloping or jumping inflation. Mm. It goes on and on. And that doesn't spell good for the economy as it is. And, and Mark, you, you talk about um, the government injecting money also into... Th- that's the, the claim. The, yeah. yeah, the claim that they're injecting money. Mm. And you remember us at um, April, I guess so, that the governor of um, Edo State, Governor Obaseke, raised an alarm that the Nigerian government printed almost $60 billion you know, Naira, yeah, sure, to yeah. share to state to pay for salaries and what have you. Mm. Now, when you look at it in economic sense, that is pretty bad, even though you are not prohibited from printing, but there are regulated laws if you want to print. Now, when you look at the growth rate of the Nigeria economy, is it favorable? When you don't have a favorable growth rate, then there's no need for you to go into printing of currency. And right now, now, as it is, it's, it's, it's like the growth rate is negative. It's, it's negative, yeah. right. Now, when you have that kind of growth rate, I go into printing, and that is why it comes calls for the hyperinflation. And as you are printing, what are you printing for? You can print money to start sharing. And that was how he puts it, that the Nigerian government is printing money to share. Because if you look at other economies that go into printing, look at the level of their growth rate in their economies. Because they always look for levels of, um, level of stabilization of the economy. But it's not the case here in Nigeria, even though the government came up to deny those issues. But as a matter of fact, those issues were tenable. Because those were issues that were substantiated even by other people. For um, The CBN governor also came to say that, yes, it was... Um, he denied, though, first. Yeah, he denied. Yes. Yeah. Even and, the and Minister of the Finance. Minister of Finance. The time, yeah. Now, when you look at the, the, the statue of the governor, who is an investment banker. Yeah, not you know, economist, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so you will know certainly that this is somebody who know, you know something about how the economy of the nation is being run. So practically, if you put it together, you can view the Nigerian economy as... A struggling economy. We've not gotten to that point that we can say, ahu, yeah, we are moving on a clean slate. Because there are quite a lot of issues looking at the statistics that we have on ground. Mm-hmm. I always say that the NBS, you know, is struggling 
to see that she feeds Nigerians with adequate and accurate statistics on the happenings, you know, in Nigeria. But unfortunately, too, before you get real statistics of what is happening in the country, statistics goes with population. And when last did Nigeria conduct her population census? You know, you look at the timeline and nobody can tell you adequately the exact number of Nigerians. Because we're, we're just like struggling to like say from 190 to 200 to 210 million. Exclamation. Yeah, just all mere estimations. Because to- even the budget that you plan, mm. because budget is a function of also population. Mm. Right. So when you are bringing out statistics, you do the statistics over the number of people that you have in the country for you to have the adequate uh, 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 figure of probably what you're looking for. Budget. Yeah, yes. talk to us about right now, you know, the cost of bread. I learned that I, I was telling, you know, one of my friends, I said, if care is not taken, bread will be sold for 1,500 naira per loaf, mm. you know, in, in our country as of today. Uh, Despite the spending of the federal government, you know, into agriculture, but why is it that food prices are going up? Is it, and that is why, uh, that is what is making me, you know, find it difficult to understand. You know, if you say that you are spending on agriculture, you know, it, uh, the food price is supposed to crash, supposed yeah. to, you know, go low, mm. so that with the little income that you have, at least you can eat good food, so that you can spend money in the hospital, like you know, people are doing now. Uh, you see, the problem we have um, in this country mostly is that we make policies that we don't tie them up with facts and the reality of what is happening. I remember very well when the government banned the land borders, you know, uh, from the importation of um, goods into the country. As laudable as that could be, as it were, but the timing was pretty wrong. Now, I've always been of the opinion that self-sustainability first before you start looking at any other thing now if the government had geared more effort into first developing the agricultural sector within the country not the makeshift arrangements that the government hurriedly rushed into because having access to the basic farming implements like it's done in other climes Mm -hmm. because you can even see graduates going into agriculture because there are different branches of agriculture then how accessible are those tools that are used in the production of those agricultural products are available to the Nigerian people. When you look at it critically before you have access to those facilities, you have to toil. Most people who have access to those things, they go through a hell before they could have access to probably farming implements, even fertilizer, improved seedlings. If we want to go into agriculture, let's practically go into the system for real. Because what is obtainable in other climes, you see that, you know, the availability and accessibility to those things are handy for the people who are willing and ready to go into it. Mm -hmm. But it's not the practical case here. So you cannot expect a magic to happen when most of the farmers are still into uh, self-subsistency because they don't do for commercial purposes. Now, because when you want to now cultivate a very massive hectare of land, you can't just do it by tilling the ground in the same traditional Manual, yeah. measures that Method. we are used to. Mm-hmm. Then certainly, how accessible. I remember some years ago when um, this agricultural mechanization stuff that came to Plateau State, what's the name? ASTC. Um, ASTC. ASTC, yeah. ASTC was, one of a, uh, was, was one of a practical example of um, 
in trying to improve the agricultural well-being of the Nigerian people, particularly in Plateau State, looking at Plateau State as an agrarian state. I know quite a lot of people within that period that they could just hire some of the tractors mm. and the implements of ASTC into their farms. And as it were, it was, way, it was a way of improving their yield in terms of production. But that is not the case. So the prices of goods and services will not, will not crash below what it is right now until the government takes practical measures in real terms. So by what, looking measures, at what measures will you recommend for the uh, government you know, to take? Because if you ask the CBN governor, they will tell you that, by the way, you know, I, don't be, I don't think that the CBN should be in the business of giving loans to individuals. That is not their job. You know, the Anchor Borrower Scheme and the NISL and you know, all uh, scheme, but that is by the way. But what will you tell the CBN you know, to do um, uh, to inject money to stimulate the economy. I recall during the time of Kemi Adeosun, you know, they said mm. capital project and, you know, uh, they injected, according to her mm. at the time, over 700 billion naira. Mm. Uh, but again, economists like you argue that no, uh, that one is capital flight because you're not using indigenous Nigerian companies. And if you pay a contractor, maybe he's from uh, Lebanon or America or UK, uh, you know, the holiday, he goes holiday in, you know, other part of mm. the world. What practical steps, you know, are you going to, will you recommend to the federal government to inject the economy, to stimulate the economy so that the price of food, I'm, I'm concerned about food, yeah. will go low? Uh, and people, because I, I don't even think that people have a savings mm. right now in mm. our country. Mm. See, the, the unfortunate thing is that we are always political when it comes to issues of um, uh, economy and also when it comes to interventions. Um, when you look at it practically, who are the people that CBN actually dish out such funds to in the first instance? Are they the real farmers or are they farmers that wake up one morning because of they have access to the corridors of power and they apply and such funds were given to them and within the span of three months, six months and everything collapsed? Now, the thing is that the government must have a way of identifying the real farmers, the real actors in the game, those, are, those who are into farming properly. Because as it is right now, we have quite a lot of struggling farmers on the plateau that I know who are struggling to even have access to just even a million you know, and above to start up something. Because first you start from the little stage and you are growing gradually, and you hear some from interaction, they'll tell you that if I can just get this, if I can just get that, it doesn't my business that <laughs> yeah. Yeah, will yeah. go further. Mm -hmm. But in practical terms, they don't have access to those stuff. Now, even the uncle borrowers came, right? Until when you are lucky enough, right? You go through the process, and before you could get access to funds for you to invest into your farm, right? But the CPN over time injects the money, and the money goes into the wrong hands. Because the practical people and real people who are supposed to have access to those funds for the development of the agricultural sector are not having access to the funds. And that is why we're still having the current challenges and problems right now in the country. So not until this arrangement or until this, this um, uh, bottlenecks are cleared up will continue to have the current you know, challenges confronting us eye to eye. And then secondly, again, you make access to the basic you know, items, just like I mentioned earlier on, mm. for an ordinary average farmer, you know, in a village, right, that wants to cultivate, 
right? Make those things available because there are, I always talk about improved seedlings because most of the local stuff we use, right? They cannot give you the kind of yield that you want as a farmer, right? In other climes, what you get, you see people cultivating properly in a year, three times. You go into even uh, uh, irrigation. Mm. Now, irrigation farming, apart from probably those who are close to some streams in their areas, right, that could go into irrigation. The government is not making frantic effort in, you know, um, um, building dams because the agrarian areas, the government is supposed to expand and create dams for those who will go into the dry season farming or the irrigation farming, you could call it. So that if those things are made available and the pumping machines also, you have them av- available. Now, when you modernize the farming system by even building probably a small you know, farmhouse within your farm, when you go and you are tired, you could get some rest. Probably the normal manual tilling of the land that could take you several days to do with an improved uh, technology in yeah. terms of farming, a day or two could be done. And, you're and done. probably again, in the process of harvesting, mm. you have harvesters, you have um, uh, um, uh, 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 from the harvesters, you have crushers, you know, and other implements that you could so talk we, of. Yeah. So that will help a long way. Talk to us about, you know, families that are finding it difficult to, you know, survive. Maybe uh, this evening they don't have dinner to eat and the, because they can't afford it. Yeah. And talk more of in the morning because I know that uh, an average Nigerian family, you know, with like say three to four kids, um, the kids definitely will need milk in the morning. They will need hot chocolate. They will need, you know, bread. They will need, you know, whatever it is. And if you do the math, it's like two thousand naira just for uh, morning breakfast, you know, <laughs> and then afternoon lunch, maybe a thousand five hundred naira. I don't know, but and dinner, maybe a thousand. Mm. So in the day, if you audit, you know, what Nigerian families, you know, con- and that is why they will say, uh, that is for the average, yeah, uh, because they are spending more than one dollar. Mm. Uh, but there are people who live less than one dollar per day. How are you going to, you know, talk to them to manage? What advice will you give to manage finances? Uh, so that they can crash. Yeah, I'm even surprised that you're talking about uh, milk and um, hot chocolate and no, all this stuff. No, it's an average. It's <laughs> an average. Yeah. I have always termed it that right now in this country, we don't have the average class as it used to be. That's the middle class or the mm. average guy, I could call it. Yeah. If you're rich, you're rich. If you're poor, you're poor. Right. You're touching a very sensitive area that I'm very, very familiar with. Okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because right, on yeah. a daily basis... On a daily basis, I know a number of people that ask me for money. Every day when I wake up in the morning, whether within my community mm. or walking on the street mm. or even at a function, mm. right? The situation is so dear, right? Even those that you are thinking that they are a bit comfortable, you'll be so shocked and surprised it's difficult. to hear them asking you, please, senior man, can you just help me with 200? Then there are times you begin to ask yourself, what is he going to do with 200? That is just an individual you just approach. Now, mm. when you take it down to the family line, mm. I can assure you that the situation is so dead and terrible, right? The, they don't have the access to the money, let alone to even manage. Because, you're, is, saying, yeah, because you're saying that how can we talk yeah. to them to manage what they have? It's they difficult. don't even have it. It's difficult to find a job. It's Very difficult well. to earn money. Uh-huh. It's difficult to so, it's, it's, so that's yeah. the problem. Mm-hmm. So they don't even have the money. How are they going to manage it? So whatever comes, that's what they're going to manage. Right, so that's why you see you wake up in the morning, not even the, the, the milk you're talking about, somebody's struggling to take Gary, wow, right, as early as possible. And to that Gary, you don't know where the next meal is going to come from because to an average family from the 
uh, what I've seen so far, this is an experience I'm telling you right mm. now. Until the mom goes out in the morning to hustle, once she gets something, come back home before they start cooking. The same thing with the meal, until he goes out, once he gets something, come back home before they spend. So as long as he goes out and there is nothing, you come home and start looking. What are we going to do? You just have to improvise. Mm. I have seen people pounding um, chaff, right? That's from, from the grinder, right? After mm. grinding, mm. you take it home. The ones they've used, the, the real, you know, um, uh, they call it now, meal. They've, yeah, used, yeah. they've used the wheat, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 so yeah. the one that was left, they have to pound it again to make it soft so that they can just cook something for the kids to eat. So the situation is that there. That's what I'm saying that we're playing politics, pure politics, which is what's happening in this country. And, and because the government is not responsible and responsive enough, I thought that with the vice president being the head of the economic team, and there are quite a lot of professionals. I saw Professor Bismarck uh, Rewan, Rewan, you know, yeah. a renowned economist. I thought they could advise the government very well. That's why I'm saying that the statistics, I don't talk so much about statistics. I talk about reality. Absolutely. Because those statistics could be so deceiving. Mm. Right. So the reality of what is happening is different from the statistics that the federal government is reeling out. So that's what's happening in this country right yeah, now. Well, in case you just joined the conversation, I've been having a chat with uh, John Keller. He's an economist. He's a uh, well, political juggernaut as well. Uh, well, we're looking at the state of the Nigerian economy. Families are finding it difficult, you know, to uh, feed. I know that there's families in Jones listening to this program right now that they don't even know where the next meal is going to come, and that is dinner, uh, for example. So it's, it's, it's a real, real tough situation. People are finding it difficult to break even. Uh, there are no jobs so that people can work to earn a living, and the cost of living is generally high. You can join the conversation. Love to hear from you. 90 or you call 90 Remember, before you call, you have to kindly turn down the volume of your radio. You turn it off completely, and then you tell us your name and where you're calling from. That is very important. You can follow the conversation on Facebook, facebook.com slash jaws. And in case you miss out on some of the things that we started, you know, saying you can have this program as podcast or a podcast on any device of your choice by going to our website, jfm.ng slash podcast. And you can find uh, even previous editions of this program just for your listening pleasure. Let's take the first call. Hello and good evening. Thank you for calling. Hello. Good evening. My name is Patience. I'm calling from Dibiza. Patience. Thank you for calling, madam. Go ahead. We're listening to you. All right, um, your guests have really spoken well. And um, now, uh, from experience, as you said, being a, a graduate too, finished serving last year, home, and being the first child when both parents are not working, it's quite hard, seriously, quite hard. You know, uh, savings from savings and everything, you come home, you just have to be the one doing everything. Try looking for a job. And the highest you could get, like, I tried getting is 15000 Now, what would 15000 do in a, in a family of seven? Where you have to pay utility, the light bill, you have to buy food. Do you understand? It's... it's I don't really know. I don't know what the, what the government is really doing. It's, it's really very hard on us. So, well... Let's just pray for the best and hope that things get better. Because what job will you get to do if not to go to teach? And 
what other job? So thank you patience thank you. well i i feel feel your pain i, I know that uh, there's light at the end of the tunnel patience thank you thank you have a good evening well that's a story i've always you know told myself that yeah. i can't challenge anybody's story mm. you know that's you know her experience with life is, is very tough hello good evening thanks for calling talk to us please good evening thank Go you and tell us your name please yeah Thank you very much. I'm Comrade Dadon Antiba Solomon calling from Angola this evening. We're listening. What is happening in this country, I'm not surprised, but it's a pity, Nigeria. It's a pity. Well, the reason why I'm not surprised is because they, they don't mind to protect the life of the country, the life of Nigerians, I mean. That is why they cannot never mind to know what Nigerians are passing through. For example, if you go to the market now, I don't know how people live. Ordinary beings, beings from uh, early June, is 100 naira. Coin, mess, 400 naira for now. And this government is saying that they have, they have injected uh, some amount of money in agriculture. I don't know the kind of agriculture they say they have injected money in agriculture. I don't know. What, uh, what, we, what I'm trying to say here is that uh, we don't have good leaders in this country. Why do you just come to put Nigeria into mess? Worry with his team. I've just tried to deny Nigeria, those who put them to power. But everything will catch up with them if they should not defend from their evil deeds. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Thank sir. Well, let me start taking some comments on Facebook. I'm starting bottom top. Albert, thank you very much for saying hello to us. Uh, Nosnyangu Gomjohn is saying, Can't wait for this administration to be over. Uh, but the only bad about this government is the present one is always worse than the former. Okay, uh, thank you. Raymond Benjamin is saying the money injected by this government ended in private pockets and some people. As far as I'm concerned, General Buhari's government has more corrupt persons than any past and future government. Buhari, okay. Uh, Samson Pamson is saying federal government claims are fault as the economy is not conducive for an average Nigerian. Uh, the government should employ more economics, uh, economic tools to boost the economy and increase the standard of living. This government has failed Nigeria in all aspects woefully. John Paul Chakop is saying, To be candid, life has become unbearable for the masses. The economy seems not to be working since 2015 on the PMB administration. Price of goods and services are on the increase. Can you imagine the price of this uh, per Moodoo? Okay, Moodoo is one measure. Everybody knows what Moodoo is. He said Gary is 600. Local rice is 950 naira. Beans is 1,000 naira. Spaghetti is 350 naira. With all this, government is not uh, going anything, doing anything to alleviate the suffering of the masses. Government should rise up. Thank you. Open Alex is saying... There are various poverty intervention programs GMB introduced. None of them is working. The survival fund, market woman money, etc. All the funds ended in people's private pockets. I don't see this GMB achieving uh, anything you say. Mr. Kabir Skynet is saying, The actual issue, the government is not trying for the masses in the most difficult aspect of their lives. And as well, they failed to create a system that will provide checks and balances most especially price control, uh, control and so on. But when you check, you will see huge amount budgeted, but nothing or less uh, reach the masses. 
You can call 90 556 or you call 90 9884 Before you call, you have to turn down the volume of your radio. Nande Greatness is saying, uh, the government really needs to reject the economy. Work making, uh, work making the citizens safe and consciously stabilize price of goods in the market because the masses are suffering indeed. Dang Sonny saying, uh, federal government don't have sophisticated plans to boost the economy of this country. The current administration, both federal and state, don't have concerns about the masses. For instance, in Plato State, how many investors or companies this government invented, uh, invited or support financially? The inflation, the cost of living is too high. Their concern is mostly on who will succeed, succeed, succeed them after their tenure is over. Uh, 90 9848 Elkana Moses saying, in due respect, I want to tell you that Mr. President was elected by the people of Nigeria, but how on earth today he will open his... Okay. All right. I'm not going to go further. Mr. Wright David Aman is saying, audio work, let the, let's feel the impact Then, if the claim by the federal government is true, hope one day we get it right from this APC ruling uh, government. May God help us. Would you like to respond to some of the comments you've heard, Mr. John? Yes. Yeah. Basically, I think, first of all, I will react to the lady graduate who just called. Um, you see, it is rather unfortunate that even the selection process in terms of um, employment, you know, has been shrouded in a kind of mystery. Um, because um, the government seem not to be looking at the side of those who have been trained. Just like she said, working in a family where you just a graduate, the first child, and both parents are not working, and you're earning 15000 And that's why we call such people. They are underemployed. Absolutely. Because as, as a graduate, and you're earning 15000 naira. Because what I've seen so far now, that the government has kind of privatized the employment process. Right, you're having um, people, let's say legislators, you know, giving out or issuing out, you know, um, letters of appointment or employment to individuals because that is the function of the Ministry of Labor, Labor and Employment. Now, when you have vacancies in any established government institution, what you're supposed to do is that you advertise it first. That's the procedure. When you advertise it, then people will apply. When they apply, and if the employment process is strictly clear and um, and visible for anybody who wants to transparent very well and and it will help more phone calls on the show hello good evening thanks for calling hello hello good evening thank you for calling talk to us tell us your name first please good evening sir yeah go ahead sir I don't know what the government is looking for. The thing for the background running economically and agriculturally is now. But I'm very sorry not. And you know the lack of pressure that the fact has been mounting about a slow choice. I use the political scientists and the economists. You know the big local is about fiscal facility. 
It's the federalism. People from us should be controlling their reason. Be giving to Buhari in Abuja. Be for issue of maintaining or serving the security. Now it's on the north. Where you coming from? What is he doing? So that the economy agriculturally, we go beyond. Is it not going to go beyond the book? To see beyond the book, I see. How do they make about our agricultural value chain? There's nothing we don't have in this country, not have a lot of things, so it will grow. So it's very simple. Well, my father about the INEC chairman, he's trying very well. He's bringing for reform in the electoral process. But is it good for you to create footballers and there's no football, there's no football field? I mean, they play a level playing and to prepare those work of practice. We don't know who is who. How do we vote? Hey, being about it, looking review the electoral process. If you for all I do, ask the National Assembly, I ask the President Boy to do the needful. And please, and please, sign this electoral amendment bill for Nigeria. So that we take it up. have a nice day. Thank you, thank you very much, Comrade Bernard. Ayodeliakbabiaka. Oh hi. I I hope that uh, you've been well. Long time no hear from you. It's good to have you back on Facebook. And he's saying, if only the government can wake up to their responsibilities and stop these bandit activities, farmers will go to their farms without fear of the unknown. Uh, thank you very much. Okay. Uh, Kingsley Zigimali is saying, thinking this administration will minimize the suffering of the masses is an utopian aspiration. <laughs> that is kind of really insightful. Jesse Akpelu is saying, this government has failed totally. They have nothing to offer because they don't listen to experts on every sector to assist in ameliorating the condition of the economy and security of the nation. It is a PT. PDP and APC are all the same. Sunday Moses EV EV is saying, this present government have nothing to offer Nigerians. We shall all endure the remaining two miserable years ahead. Judging by performance and all the qualities required to be president in this country, you found that our present president... La okay, okay. Uh, hello, good evening. Thanks for calling. Hello. Oh, that wasn't working. Thank you for attempting, by the way. Uh, Principal Joseph Melumo is saying, lack of competent managers of the economy is the reason why our economy is in bad shape. Let them seek advice from economic experts like Charles Soludo, Dr. Ngozi, and Senusi Lamido, etc., to stop the economy from total collapse. Labran Sunday sent Chun is saying, uh, seriously, the agricultural sector under this administration has not yielded any fruit compared to the previous administration. You can you can just imagine banditry, terrorism, etc., has taken the attention of government or the farmers who are the ones receiving the bullet, and government seems not to care. You must eat food to live, but meat is optional. <laughs> well, Mr. John, talk to us. I mean, we're pressed for time at this point in yeah. time. What do you think, you know? About what's the best? Yeah, so, I've asked you this question, but yeah. what will you advise President Muhammad Dubar if maybe you you say okay? I, I, they told me about radio program, you know, in Jones. You know, what advice do you have for the federal government? What what are you going to? What recommendation will you <coughs> give to Mr. President? Well, I you can from the pulse of the people. Nigerians are angry, and Nigerians are yearning for good governance, um, irrespective of. Um, uh, political platforms. 
Um, because when we're on radio like this, we don't discuss political party, but we're looking at the reality of what is on ground. Mm. But as a way of solution to some of these issues, and uh, first, because if the economy is buoyant, then that means everybody is safe, right? You look at looking at the issue of improved um, security, that is first, right? Because with uh, an improved security, you can have uh, people going back to the farm and doing their legitimate businesses. And you can even have um, um, investors to come and invest in the economy. Because why we're having some of these challenges is because, you know, uh, most of the people who are supposed to come into the country and invest, they are running out of Nigeria. Because the businesses that were even doing well here in Nigeria, they've relocated to our, our neighboring countries. So the government should do the needful in tighten up the issue of security and clean all those that. And also fixing electricity. That is also a major problem. Because most of these pro, uh, pro, uh, uh, high-powered, you know, um, um, uh, uh, com uh, companies, right? They, they, work, they deal with electricity and they cannot come into an economy where they're still grasping with the issue of electricity. You cannot be running a generating set, you know, to produce your goods and um, you are paying also heavy bills in terms of electricity. And that is what a lot of these um, giants they don't want. So the government must also work on the issue of security and also in terms of innovations. That's I'm reading out solutions now. The government must also encourage innovations right? because there are young techs, there are young, because the world is now a global village, mm -hmm. a technological age. So the government should start looking at those young people with talents in terms of technology and having them, you know, um, stationed at strategic areas because the technology is what is ruling the world right now. And in fact, that's what we call... Um, um, Ethical, ethical hackers. You know, we have hackers, right? <laughs> we have hackers. Yeah. In accounting, there's this, this, this course we run. That's what we call ethical hackers. Mm. Because those ethical hackers, they are well-trained hackers, employed by very good organizers. In fact, even CPN, they have those, those guys, right? Their work is just stay on the system, right? They work on the system trying to hack the internal system of the CBN. Right, so if they succeed in hacking it, then that means that the system is vulnerable. Vulnerable, okay. yeah. So, so they work on improving another security and all those stuff I need. So there are quite a lot of things that the government needs to do in that aspect, and also patronizing the made in Nigerian goods. Mm. Right, how many of these are leaders patronize locally made products from what they wear? To their houses, Except to the their offices, yeah. So, so just yes, all those yes. stuff, right? Because when you patronize a locally made product, right, it will go a long way in also improving the Nigerian economy, mm -hmm. right? Because we have an improved economy, you have a better citizenry. Thank so you. That's the issue there. Thank you very much, Mr. John Keller. Always, a, you know, pleasure speaking with Thank you. Thank you so much. So much uh, things to learn. Well, there's much you can take on the show. Stay tuned to the news. Stop of the hour, 6 o'clock. My name is Ponsak Panap. Enjoy the rest of your evening and bye now. This is JFM Podcast.